Blog Talk Radio. Excuse me, uh, yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary? I guess it started when I was a kid. If you said I couldn't do it, I did. Always had a stubborn streak, put a wall in front of me, and I'll find a way to get around it. There was a friend who said I'd never make the team. A lot of small town talkers said I'd never leave. Oh, and you know who you are. You all play the part in pushing me on to my dream. told me no pack it up and get back home it kept me going knowing I would prove them wrong yeah I knew it all along without a might have given a bed long time ago and so I want to thank everyone who ever told me behind the desk He said, sorry what you got I just don't get Oh, but here I am today Standing on this stage And I wonder even now If he gets it, yeah I wanna thank everyone Who ever told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong
Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and that was one of my theme songs. I just want to thank everyone that told me no. All of those people that told me no all those many, many years ago, well, look at me now. Thank you for telling me no, because I'm here. I did it. So tonight, I have some good news for y'all. Not only do we have an amazing guest, but we have branched out. Off the Chain is starting its own little PR business. Yeah, you heard it first here, ladies and gentlemen. We are starting our own little PR business. If you want to know more, go to my Facebook page and look up Off the Chain. We're branching out. And it will give you all the ins and outs because I am a believer in helping other people succeed because I only succeed as much as I help others to succeed. And I believe in paying it forward. So contact me and I'll tell you more about it. In the meantime, because of all of y'all, we have reached the amazing listening base on just this show alone of 130,563 listeners. Just let that sink in for a minute. 130,563 listeners. That's just this show. And yes, Australia, thank you so much for being our biggest listening base. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Now, when you add all the podcasts this thing goes up on, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Stitcher, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, MixCloud, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden. Uh, did I leave any out? Um, iHeartRadio, Reverb Nation. We are reaching 200-plus countries, and we have over 200,000 listeners. This show is reaching people in places that it is beyond imagination. So every guest that comes on this show is getting exposure that they might not get. And I am so, so grateful that y'all keep this show running. Now, there's two ways to get on this show, ladies and gentlemen. One is to come on as a guest. The other is to become a sponsor. And I don't want to get rich off of you guys. It's it's not important. What I want to do is help y'all become successful. So for $10 a month, I will run your ad. Yeah, I know. You're going, Yvonne, are you out of your mind? Yeah, well, maybe. But it's for y'all. It's not for me. If you want to know how to become a sponsor, if you want to know how to get on the show, contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com or contact me on Facebook. And before we start the show, I, I want to do three little ads with three of my sponsors that have been very, very good to me. Diane Moat has a series of books. They're called the Sam Holden series. And the first one is called Dog Gone. The second one is called Dog Fight. And the third one is currently out. And our favorite vigilante, Sam Holden, well, she's back. The third book in the series has just been released. And Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals, is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Nothing like being a political sandwich. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mote everywhere ebooks are sold. And again, if you haven't yet started the series, start with Dog Gone, then go to Dog Fight by Diane Mote. Now, if you 
like all things Southern, or if you're just curious about all things Southern, because we are a breed of our own, check out John Isaac Jones' book, Alabama Stories. It is only an e-book, and it is a book of short stories. And the beauty of this is, is these short stories were written during the late 1950s, early 1960s, and they're written through the eyes of a 12-year-old boy. And we're talking about rural Alabama. And if you've never been to rural Alabama, you got to go just to get the flavor because there's nothing else like it. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's educational. John Isaac Jones, Alabama Stories. The third person that has been really, really gracious, her name is J. Traveler Pelton. And she has a book called Conspiracy with in the Oberlin, the Oberlin family um, uh, series. I can't talk tonight. The Infant Conspiracy by J. Traveler Pelton is available on, on Amazon, both in paperback and an ebook. It starts a few years after rebooting The Oberlin's Left Off. Noel and Violent Oberlin spent their adult careers working special assignments for the U.S. government, a family tradition of service. After 40 years of espionage, all they wanted was a peaceful retirement in the country. But just as it seemed that dream might happen, an unplanned series of events forced their overachieving adult children to return home to live with the folks. All four of them driven out of their homes by different aspects of a government that had gone quite insane. Kia, a genetist, with Zania, his wife, Gabriel, a bomb expert turned nurse with their grandson, little Gabe, Jasmine, a forensic psychiatrist married to Scott, a CPA, joins their little siblings still living at home. Micah, an autistic savant, and Serena, an artist, and un- uncovering a secretive group of people led by the ice lady, whose main goal appears to be to take the Earth's population down from 7 billion to 5 million within the next 10 years. Having infiltrated the governments of most developed countries and released an airborne anti-fertility drug, the Brotherhood succeeded in forcing a zero fertility rate. In the meantime, the economy of the U.S. tanked. The government sells all of its citizens who have debt into slavery within a system so harsh that civil disorder breaks out. Serenity Retreat Center is forced to become a slave labor camp, and the family is compelled into special service to save the center, their tribe, the United States, and humanity from extinction. And if you thought retirement was simply about money, hmm. This book will change your mind. That is J. Traveler Pelton, The Infant Conspiracy. And with that being said, we have an amazing guest tonight. He is a young author. His name is Derek Bourne. No, he's not related to Jason. (laughs) He lives in in Paris, Canada, and with his wife, and he says a moody bearded dragon named Ziggy. Now, if my name was Ziggy, I would probably be kind of moody, too. But apparently, that's not why the bearded dragon is moody. When he isn't writing superhero spy novels, he's belting out Phantom of the Opera, playing his guitar, and watching Marvel superhero movies and TV shows, playing hockey, and making movie references daily. Derek, welcome to the show. It's more so she's moody in the fact that she's always giving me the stink eye. <laughs> Why and she's she looking at me like you're an idiot. What are you doing? So, why, why does she give you the stink eye, Derek? What do you do to her to piss her off? 
It's just a bearded dragon thing, honestly. She's Australian, so I'm just I'm gonna let her slide. If she does maybe she doesn't like your rendition of the Phantom of the Opera. That's very possible. Although she does really pay attention when I sing to her. Oh really? Yeah, you can huh. tell she's kinda got this little glint in her eye, not quite the, the you know, the weird looks. <laughs> oh Lord, we're gonna have to talk about Ziggy here shortly. But first <laughs> I wanna talk about you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet seen pictures of this young man, he's old enough to be one of my grandchildren. Or should I say young enough to be one of my grandchildren? And who would think that he would write such amazing books? And we'll get to those in a bit. First, I want to talk about you. All right. Is writing something that was always part of your makeup something that you always felt like you had to do or was it a journey you fell into while you were headed on another journey when I was really young uh, my mother gave me lots and lots and lots of books and I don't know if you would know of the Canadian author named Robert Munch I've heard the name Okay, so I fell in love with everything he did. I actually got to see him live in a town not too far from where I live. And just his way of telling stories and making them fun and still have like a little bit of a lesson kind of instilled in me like this fire that I just needed to tell every story possible where it made sense or not. That makes sense to me. Yeah, go ahead. I said that makes perfect sense to me. Oh, all right. But yeah, and then as time went on, I just started writing my own sequels to, you know, movies and TV shows. And eventually it got to the point where the ultimate agent was born. And and ladies and gentlemen, you know, I've had people on this show that said they started writing when they were young. You gotta get it. This young man wrote a full-fledged novel in the eighth grade. Now, please tell, tell me how you had the fortitude as a 13-year-old boy to write a full-fledged novel. Well, it uh, it wasn't easy being in high school. I was actually bullied a fair bit um, just for my religion. But uh, I used to just go home at the end of the day, sit myself in front of the computer, and honestly, I was I was very much a pantser at that age. So even though I kind of had little points in my mind, I just let it flow. It was basically my way of stress relief at that age. And it, it actually still amazes me to this day just how much I was actually able to, you know, build certain characters. Even though at 13, I didn't really know fully what I was doing until just about a year and a half ago when I actually hired an editor and she took me way back to school. So. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, you touched on something that struck a, struck a chord with me because I am, when, when somebody tells me they've been bullied, that, that raises the, the hair on the back of my neck because if there's one thing I, I, I do not tolerate is another human being being bullied. Yeah. And and then when you added to that, you were bullied for your faith. That really struck a nerve with me. 
why would somebody bully another human being for their faith? What was their premise? Honestly, I think it comes down to misinformation for the most part. And you kind of have to realize everyone does have their own something going on at home that just ends up making them say, well, you know, if say my parents are acting this way, then it's all right for me to act this way. So why not pick on the kid who's just minding his own business? <laughs> Unfortunately, it happens. Yeah, it does. That does not right. And, and what you could have gone one of several ways. You could have you could have turned out being a bully yourself. You could have become bitter. You could have um, been the complete opposite of the person that you are today. Instead, you chose, as, as one of my history professors told us one time, you chose to make that past experience a guidepost as opposed to a hitching post. And it, what it tells mm-hmm. me you did is when you created those superheroes, because you were not able to not be bullied, those superheroes became your your fence, your support group, your embodiment of strength and power and all that is good in the world. Would that be a fair statement? Are you going to go like all Barbara Walters on me? You're trying to make me cry, aren't you? <laughs> no, I told you it's off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> you went so deep so fast. I didn't even know myself until you said that. No, but you know, it's very true. I'd say there's a lot of truth to that. I have a side inside too. Yeah, there you go. But we have to have an outlet. We have to have an outlet. When when there is a crisis in our life, we have to have an outlet or else we we literally go mad within ourselves because you cannot internalize things for very long because it will explode like a volcano. Yeah. And what those young people did maybe your song should also be I just want to thank all those for telling me no because they in essence told you no they told you no you could not have your faith they tried to take your faith away from you and they didn't have your permission And but what they did is they gave you an inner strength and an inner God to write fantastic superhero novels to like you said teach a lesson and be entertaining as well and I may have put the bullies in the second book and had them, you know, meet their yeah. demise in some sort of yeah. fashion. Maybe. Maybe that <laughs> happened. Perhaps. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we, always, <laughs> we always kill off those that we don't like. Right? Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, you know what? If I was to even see him again at this point in my life, as hard as it would be, I would still extend a hand out to him and shake his hand because honestly, when you're kids, you even when you're kids, you don't really fully understand what you're doing to someone. So, I mean, forgiveness is a big thing too. And I'm all yeah, about forgiveness. And, and that is true, Derek, because if we can't forgive others, we're not hurting anybody but ourselves. We're wasting a lot of energy within our lives that, that we don't have to hate and, and be non-forgiving and, and negative. And it's not hurting them because they've gone on with their life. So 
So yep. you're right, and and being able to give and and say thank you for what you did because look at me now. <laughs> I mean, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great segue into like in the second book, I have a line where a character says, "If you can't forgive your enemies, then how can you expect anyone to look at you as a hero?" Oh, now how profound is that? Like if you're trying to help somebody and yet you're still, you still have these feelings toward these people that have done horrible things to you. You know what? We're all human. We all do make mistakes, whether we kind of mean to or not. It's, it's, it's such a simple thing that should be able to be done, but we just, we're human. We hold on so hard. And honestly, when you hold on like that, when you have so much stress in your life, it's not good for you. No, it isn't. And you can't move forward with your life. You can't be well-rounded. You can't grow because you're so busy sucking the past and dragging exactly. that past along with you like a ball and chain that you're exactly. not really free. Yeah. Yeah. They say positivity is just as good as medicine. So. Oh, I agree. I believe it. And I, and I love what you said. Um, like I told you before, I do deep dives on people. You give characters a vocabulary unlike comedians. True, true. Yeah, I, uh, I've i always appreciated even the comedians who can keep it clean because uh-huh. I mean, I'm a big fan of Brian Regan. Brian Regan has phenomenal stuff. You could go all the way back to him in his childhood when he's talking about going to the science fair and he's just holding a cup of dirt. And the teacher comes up to him and goes, well, explain it. And he goes, well, it's a cup with dirt in it. Just move <laughs> along and with all the other kids, you know. And when you can have just good comedy like that, it actually goes a bit farther. And it's even more quotable. You are so, so right. Um, I was just talking to another guest the other night. And we were talking about comedy. And one of my favorite lines goes way, way back. I mean, way back to the 40s. If you've ever heard Henny Youngman, the quotable line for Henny Youngman that he's always been known for, that's always got to laugh no matter what, was, take my wife, please. (laughs) See? It still gets a laugh. Even my grandfather, he has has this joke where he says, you know, I used to date a girl, and every night she'd brush her hair eight times, and then the next night she'd do the other leg. I mean, he's 88 years old, and he's still rhyming off jokes. I love it. It's so it's awesome. But but what you and and children read your books, and it's okay for children to read your books because your characters have dialogue and vocabulary, and it's not a curse word every other word, and it's not hopping into bed with yeah. hot steamy sex every other page. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I personally would feel uncomfortable writing sex scenes anyways. So let's just leave it in the bedroom and it can stay there, you know? I agree. (laughs) When I write, I don't write sex scenes. I don't write romance. Because number one, there's no happily ever after. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, It's common life. It's life. Life gets in the way. (laughs) Exactly. No. And you know what? I, I appreciate... You know, when I have reviewers who have said, you know what, I've read this with my 12-year-old, and I know this is a book he will cherish for the rest of his life. Like, that brings tears to my eyes. Well, 
and, and that that says a lot for you, not only as a an author, but as a person, because as writers and, and people that don't write or don't create music or don't do art, they can't appreciate the fact that every piece that we create, a, a part of us becomes a part of that piece. So a part exactly. of you is in every book you write. So my book Exactly. So when when someone says my twelve year old will cherish this book forever, she's in essence saying my twelve year old will cherish the essence of Derek Bourne forever. I hope so. I hope so. Even after I pass, I hope that happens. I, it, it trust me, it will. Ladies and gentlemen, I have not read this young man's books yet, but I'm going to tell you from what I've read, the excerpts I've read, and what I've read about him. I would buy this book for my preschool grandchildren, so oh, wow. their parents. Yeah, I would, so that so their parents could read it to them, because you bring something to a story that while they're superheroes, they're humans. They have failings, they have faults, they have strengths, they have weaknesses. They're not perfect. And you know, I I try to follow in the footsteps of Marvel a little bit like DC heroes like Batman and Superman, I always feel like you can't quite connect with them. But when you've got people like Captain America or Spider-Man, especially the newer Spider-Man movie, when he had a building dropped on him, you could actually, like he's literally screaming because you remember, oh, yeah, crap, he's a 15-year-old and he just got a building dropped on him. Like if you were in that position, yeah, you'd be screaming at the top of your lungs. Or be dead, one or the other. Or that, yeah, unless you have the super strength. But, uh, yeah, honestly, just to have characters that, you know, yeah, they have powers, but the powers, to a degree, at some point, don't really mean anything. Because it's about the person. Exactly. And, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to stop for just a few minutes. I'm going to run a couple of ads. Off the chain with my guest, author Derek Bourne, who I may adopt. He doesn't know it yet. It's our secret. Don't tell him. I still feel like you're trying to make me cry at some point. It's not going to happen. I want to bet. Oh, you, you, you want to accept that challenge? <laughs> <laughs> I make grown men cry. Some with fright. I am, I, am, I am fairly emotional. I will warn you. That's okay. That makes you human. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's come back in a few minutes and see if I can make this young man cry. We'll be right back. Do your words. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. A struggling city. Its beloved baseball team an antique camera, 
and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> You so silly. You silly. Remember that? That's funny. (laughs) Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. The book Ruined Days is at Amazon. Is it true? Travis's dad ruined America's Day on November 22, 1963. Travis is still feeling the repercussions. He sets out from Kansas to ruin some days himself. Why? He's really, really pissed when the same people who killed JFK kills his aunt and a new girlfriend. They become the hunted. Amazon by Ganat Wise. Ruined day. The year, 1888. The place, London's East End. Dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over, from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark, and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter, Yvonne Mason. Available now on Amazon.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Derek Bourne from the great um, country um, of Derek, Kansas. Derek couldn't be here. Derek <laughs> said that you were trying to make him cry, so Kermit the Frog is here right now. Um, do you have any questions for me? Yes, Kermit. How do you like the bearded dragon, Ziggy? Uh, the bearded dragon, you know, we kind of... He just kind of sits there and just kind of, you know, stares at you. It's like he's never seen anything green before. Yeah, okay. I'm still here. Just giving you my permanent <laughs> impression. You did good. You did very well. Well, I thank you um, very much. <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, you never know what's going to happen on this show. I never know what's going to happen on this show. That's why we call it off the chain. Before, <laughs> before we talk about the character's name of what in one of your books, you and I have a um, common friend. Oh, do we? I have. Yes, I have interviewed her on this show before. Oh, you're talking about Aileen? Yes, I am. Aileen Hart. Yes. Yes. The wonderful Aileen. That would be her. 
she is absolutely amazing. She is a sweetheart. She is the one who has helped me make even more connections and has been a very, very encouraging author for me. So, Well, now you have someone else that's going to encourage you because I see you, my friend, going very far for two reasons. One, your talent mm-hmm. is amazing. And well, two, you. you don't mind being yourself. You know, people can take you or leave you. It's okay with you. But if they leave you, it's their it's their to de- to their detriment. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, the ultimate agent. Explain what the ultimate agent is. As the character or the book. Let's start with the character. Well, let's start with the book, and then we'll move on to the character. So the ultimate agent uh, is an idea that I had when I was really, really young um, to almost think, okay, could there be a superhero that's a spy? Or vice versa, a spy who is able to be given superpowers. And the reason why the organization, um, this classified organization, can do this is because Russian terrorists are able to do the exact same thing. So in a way, the first book uh, is very much like an arms race of superpowers, like who can get the most superpowers. But one of the questions is, yeah, you can do this with genetics, but how far can you go and how many superpowers can the human body actually handle? Interesting. Yeah, it was something, I mean, superhero comics and that have done almost everything it was kind of hard to find a different angle, but as I've learned from multiple reviews, they say, I've never seen this done before, so I guess I hit a some kind of a home run. Well, and what is even more interesting, especially now, is the hot button in the States and, and other places is Russia and the race to see who can outdo who and exactly. who's going to blink first. And for you to put out a book with this same dynamic, you can only go up. I hope so. I didn't now, even think me, this would happen even when I was like 14 because I didn't even pay attention to politics. I still don't really, but... I mean, every time you turn on the TV, it's all that's on the news. So, but it, it's it's amazing that the 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 subject matter that you chose to write about is what we're living now. And who's to say, Derek, that what you wrote about couldn't happen? I mean, when. Um, Orwell wrote 1984, people were saying, oh, that will never happen. Well, when I read it years ago, I mean, I was a teenager when I read it. This was back in the 60s. I said, what are you talking about? It's happening now. But nobody believed me. Yeah. Well, even I'm a huge fan of Michael Crichton, and he wrote a book called Next. And part of the premise of Next is, like, just an example they actually have within the book Um, someone who has within their DNA the ability to cure cancer, like they're just immune to it. But the doctor 
who finds that can patent that gene and then make money off it himself, even though that gene would, say, belong to you. So with Michael Creighton, a lot of his stuff has always been ethics. Like, yeah, uh-huh. you can do it, but should you? Like, even with Jurassic Parks, like, yeah, you can create dinosaurs, but should you? Should you? Why so would you? A lot of the stuff Michael Creighton wrote was actually way before his time. And, and I'm sure that some of the stuff that he wrote is happening now. I would love it if there was dinosaurs now. Honestly, I would. <laughs> I want to ride a pterodactyl so bad. You, see, you are a strange child. You would fit right in with the other children I have. They're as strange as their mother. See, yeah. I'm telling you, ladies, I can pick them, can't I? <laughs> <laughs> are you still I saying can. you want to adopt me? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I can see I can be your, your mother from another part of the country. Like a surrogate, kind of? Yeah, because see I have yeah. children all over the world. I there didn't give birth to them, but but they're like my adopted children, yeah. There you go. Really, ladies and I I I, I quit counting all the children that now call me mom or grandma. It it it, and I'm mean to them. I don't understand it. I treat them like I'm treating you, and they love it. <laughs> Sounds like me and a friend of mine that helps me with like a lot of my book stuff. And her name is Joe, and I call her my auntie Joe. And she still always sends me these gifts of the Gibsmack from NCIS. <laughs> I love it. I, I love take it. the abuse, but I love her. You would fit right in. Now let's get <laughs> back. Let's get back because this is so interesting to me. Before the show, ladies and gentlemen, Derek and I were discussing this book, and we were discussing the name of his character. And I had just finished reading a book written about Queen Victoria, and she was the ultimate matchmaker. And it was her idea, her and her husband Albert's idea, Albert was from Germany, to marry off their children and their grandchildren to kings and prince, princesses and princes and queens and dictators and emperors and yada 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 of all these empires that were going on one of them being the ottoman empire one of them being russia one of them being sweden norway germany so that they would have a foothold in that part of the world and they would have a common ground so there would never be any war because they would have they would have a stabilizing force with family little did victoria know that she set off a catalyst of world war one because her daughter married a German king. He died. The grandson, William, became the emperor or, or whatever he was, the chancellor or whatever he was of Germany. He dynamited the whole thing and set off the First World War. The whole point of this story is Victoria's granddaughter, Alexandria, was married to Nicholas Romanoff. And for those Romanoff. of you who did there you go. Those of you who know your Russian history know that that family was assassinated by Lenin's people who Wilhelm from Germany bankrolled to go over and create chaos, mayhem, and murder in Russia. It was pretty crazy stuff. It was. So what – and Nicholas was of the Romanov family so now you pick up the story his uh uh derek's book 
is about Russia and the United States or the rest of the world. And your character, your main character's name is? Well, he's the main villain, but his name is Maximus Romanov. Now, how amazing is that? You, you bring like in his... I just like it, saying the name in a Russian accent because Russian accents are kind of awesome. But yeah, they're kind of strong and deep and bold and and um, commanding. You can take a simple sentence and make it sound intimidating with a Russian accent, like "Come here, kitty, kitty." <laughs> yes, you can. Something as simple as that, you know. Did you ever see the cartoon? Boris and Natasha. Never heard of that one. No. Okay. It was Boris and Natasha, and they were Russian spies, and it was a cartoon. Okay. And when you did that sentence, it made me, it brought Boris to my mind's eye because that would be something that he would say. But you could even just do like a little kid song or something like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. How I wonder where you are. See? Just, oh my goodness. Russians, I'm telling you. They are, they are amazing people. They are. Oh, they're they are beautiful people. I will admit that. They everybody they from are. all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now let me ask you this. You have Fire. put out you you have put out the second book, have you not? Uh just came out last Friday. And what is and it I'm called? So and also a little scared because I'm wondering what some of the reviews are going to say. <laughs> Don't worry about some it. of the decisions were... that I made for the second book. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Hmm. What's that one called? Uh, so it is. There is no subtitles because I suck at subtitles. But it's just the Ultimate Agent Two, you know, Book Two, or as me and the fans all affectionately call it, is just. UA2. Hey, I like that. UA2. Yeah. All right. UA1. Does it does it pick up where UA1 left off or can it be read as a standalone or if you read it as a standalone you get thoroughly and totally confused? Um, I think to a degree you could read the second book on its own, but if you really want to see what I've put in for little seeds even within the first book that kind of pay off in the second or even the same ones that just kind of get strung along, it would make even more of a bigger experience to read the first book than the second because number two picks up six months after book one. So I kind of touch on little things that happen, but I don't get too deep into it because the second book, it, it sets up some new characters the action doesn't quite start as soon as some people expect, but once it does get to the action, it doesn't stop. Oh, you're so evil. Who, yeah, me? you've got me. Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me curious. Hmm. <laughs> yes, he does put little Easter eggs in his book. The boy learned quickly. I try. Well, you know what it is, is when I first wrote it at 14, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. And then now that I'm nearing 30, which still feels weird for me to say, because I still feel like I should be in high school. But I finally realized that when I was younger, I had the bones. The bones were there. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
at 14, you don't even have any kind of swagger for romance. So now that I've been married about six years, now I know what romance is. At least I hope I do. She's been with me for six years, so I guess I'm doing something right. (laughs) I mean, I can finally, and it's the sweet romance. You know, it doesn't have to be all, as the one reviewer said, boobs and butts in your face, but I like the sweet stuff because I think that goes further. And it lasts longer. It lasts longer. And then uh, even with characters, like there was a character in book number two that when I looked back on it, so I'm pretty much rewriting the entire series because I already had the trilogy done. Like I just finished rewriting chapter three of book three today. And the character I have in the second book, he was just kind of, you know, yeah, he was cool and everything, but he didn't have charisma. He just yeah. lackluster. So when I came at him this time around, I, I just saw him in a totally different light. And I realized, you know what, I can take this guy to some pretty hard places and still make him a lovable character. At least I hoped I would make him a lovable character. So it's, it's, it's interesting when you take that amount of time away from something and come back to it, it's just, it's a whole new world. And the, you now have some life's experiences under your belt that you didn't have as a 14 year old and going back to that time, you can look at that time in your life through a different lens. Yep. Yep. I I hadn't really traveled much at 14, but now like between where my parents and my grandfather have taken me, I've, I've traveled a fair bit. I mean, I, I am an only child and I appreciate everything that everyone has done for me. And again, like you say, when you get those experiences, like I about three years ago, went to the Amalfi coast of Italy and Mm. in chapter three of the new book, I was actually able to completely change a scene to take place in Amalfi and include a little bit of gelato. So, because who doesn't love gelato, right? And you wouldn't have known that at 14 because I don't think we even had gelato. I know we didn't have gelato in the States then. No, no. And gelato is amazing. I just had some the other day that was basil lemon flavored. It was amazing. Ooh. So good. Never Never had basil lemon flavored gelato. Well, basil complements a lot of fruits, and when you add the fruit to it, it actually cuts down the bitterness of the basil. Hmm. Yeah. I might have to find some of that and try it. See, I'm learning all kinds of new things from you. I'm That's a bit of a foodie. You can ask me a lot of questions about food. I've had to learn a lot now that I sell olive oil and balsamic. It's and I, a whole new way of cooking. And let's talk about that for a minute. I'm glad you brought that up because I had that written that down. Ladies and gentlemen, this young man went came out of the construction business, which I highly respect him for, for doing that. And he told me tonight that I, two things, actually, I did not know. One was um, drinking it and yeah. that it – Canola oil is it's trans fat. It's saturated trans fat. They used to feed that stuff to turkeys to fatten them up. The turkeys wouldn't even eat it. So they fed it to us and we were too stupid to say no. Yeah. But the the 
tell the folks about the the good properties of olive oil. Number one, it's all natural. Oh, it's all natural, especially when you get the cold pressed. Cold pressed is the best because if you end up getting an oil that needs heat and chemical in order to make it like canola oil. I mean, if you watch the videos of how it's made when there's heat and chemical, they actually have to bleach it. And then you're putting that into your system. Yeah, it's disgusting. But most importantly, when you heat up canola oil, it produces something called polar compounds. And that is something our bodies do not need. You want the least amount of polar compounds because it affects, we all need oxygen to live, but within your body, it, uh, it creates these things called free radicals and you don't want the free radicals. Olive oil is only the number one oil to actually help in reducing those. And do you I know also, for a lot of people, that's probably just, you know, my hand going over their head. But when you really <laughs> understand the medicinal properties of olive oil, like a few years ago, a chemist, he broke open an ibuprofen and he just took it that way. He didn't take it as the full pill. And what happened was it burned the back of his throat. And then the one day he actually took some olive oil, about a teaspoon, and he drank it. He got the same reaction. So he thought, I wonder if there's something similar between this. Sure enough, if you take two tablespoons of olive oil a day, it is the same medicinal property as an ibuprofen for anything anti-inflammatory. And I'm going to have to start to keep my poor bones from becoming outshaped and bothersome. There you go. And, And think about it, Derek, the things that nature gives us. The things that God created for us to, to partake of is good. Thy food is thy medicine. Yes, absolutely. I believe in that. I actually, in a, in the last year, I know there may be some people who are like, oh, no, he's one of those people. But I haven't had meat and dairy in a year. I mean, every once in a while, there's a little cheat day. But those are things that actually will affect your immune system. And I oh, haven't I had a cold. It. I haven't had a cold in over a year now. And and of course, steaks takes a week to digest. People don't know exactly. that, but it does because it sits there. Yep. Yep. And cheese is full of salt and sodium. Yes. And that's something that after you eat it, are you going to have energy? No, you end up lethargic and you sit on the couch. I'll go to sleep. <laughs> Or, or, yeah, and you get the meat sweats and the cheese sweats. Yeah. <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, you learn all kinds of stuff on this show. Now, what I want to know, is there some place that the audience and I can go to look at the olive oil? Because I use a lot of olive oil. I love cooking in olive oil, and I like to experiment. Is there some place to go? And I like using the red wine vinegars, too some place to go to look for the olive oil that you sell. So wherever you go, the one thing you want to look for is the supplier called Veronica Foods. They're based out of California, but what they do is they've been in business since the early 1900s, and they've actually separated themselves from the rest of the olive oil industry in terms of quality in so many ways. Even when it comes to balsamic, 
normally when you go to the grocery store, balsamic is just red wine vinegar. And all they've done is they've added coloring that's artificial. They've added extra thickener and they've added extra sugar. And most people, when I see them, they go, oh, I'm not a fan of balsamic. I say, I bet you I can guess why. And I say, it's the harshness on the back of your throat. And they say every time, yes. Meanwhile, what our supplier has done, they get all their balsamic right from Italy that's been fermented in the barrels for about 18 years. And it's sweet. It's almost like a candy. Mm. And that's the balsamic you want because the acidity is so low compared to most in the grocery store. The acidity is about 6%. Now, can you order this online? Uh, from the store I work at, uh, I only ship in Ontario of Canada. But uh, it, as long as you look for one that has that supplier called Veronica Foods, that's, that's the one you need. I bet I can go on Amazon and find it. Uh, it's possible. I haven't checked there. I, because, see, I don't go to – I have my groceries delivered because I can't leave my house because of my husband. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's very ill. So I will have to – Veronica Foods, ladies and gentlemen, check that out. See, again, we learned so much on this show. It's so amazing the fun we have. Now I have to ask you a question, my dear. Sure. Now that I have thoroughly – integrated you onto online radio shows would you be willing to come back i would love to come back okay anytime you want me i will be here okay we'll bring you back after the first of the year because by then your second book will be out and you'll be well into your third would you not uh pretty much um even though life does throw me curveballs i uh i mean i've been able to released my books kind of within a year of each other but uh i mean between being married and working full-time and when i have some slow days at work that's when i pull up my laptop and i get going back to the typey type um and singing to the bearded dragon true yeah yeah the moody beardy dragon the moody bearded dragon ziggy i love her to death (laughs) so you're not going to believe this but our hour is almost up it is almost up. Yes. I'm a little sad now. <laughs> now you're going to cry, aren't you? <laughs> Can we go on for like another half hour? Is that possible? Well, we, well, we could, but then we want to leave our audience wanting more. Because see, the more, because see, oh, you're not going to wow. do one or two and done. You become a regular on the show. Oh, I see what you're getting at. All right. See? Well, so we you just want me to come back because you didn't make me cry tonight. But there's always tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I am a patient person. <laughs> All right. Yo, you play the long game. I see. I see. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm in for the long haul. So, right. my darling my darling new friend, tell the lovely folks where you can be found and where your books can be found. So, my books can be found on Amazon. Um, I haven't really branched out anywhere else, and I'm not sure whether I'm going to do audio books yet. But uh, definitely Amazon is where you can find the ebook and paperback versions of The Ultimate Agent Number One and Ultimate Agent Number Two. And you're also on Facebook. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. Uh, at DB. Nope. That's my Twitter. Twitter is at DB Ultim Agent. So U L T I M A G E N T. Instagram is The Ultimate Agent. Novel. 
And then your website. Yes, my website, www.derekborn.weebly.com. And, and ladies and gentlemen, these books can and should be read or allowed to be read by your children because they're wholesome. They tell a story, but they also tell a life's lesson. And they're superheroes with flaws, which I absolutely adore. And, and children need to be able to enjoy a good book. And these are absolutely excellent books by an excellent young author who will go far. I'm telling you, this young man's going to go far. I've had adults tell me that when they read my books, they get like a nostalgia, like they feel like they're a kid again. Like I was just talking to a buddy last night and he said that to me and he almost got me all teary eyed. See? We're going to get you teary-eyed one way or the other, my friend. Just <laughs> It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's so <laughs> I'm an evil witch. Get all in the t- <laughs> Guilty. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we are getting to the end of our show. And, and all of y'all know that at the end of every show, there's a couple of things I say. And, and Derek, don't hang up when the show goes off the air because there's some things I need to, to let you know about. But I do want to thank you for spending an hour with me, and please let your lovely wife know how much I appreciate her sharing you with me for this hour. I'm very grateful and and humbled and appreciative that you agreed to do the show. It's been so much fun. I cannot wait for us to do it again. But ladies and gentlemen, what I want to say tonight, and I say it at the end of every show, is people will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They will forget what you're wearing. But never will they ever forget how you have made them feel. And I want every one of you to know that this is your show. It is not my show. It's you, the listener. It's you, the guest. And you all are the most important people in the room, all 200,000 plus of you. You all are the most important people in the room. Without you, there would be no show. I am grateful to each and every one of you, and I hope that you understand that I appreciate you tremendously. Now, on the back side of that, if you want to achieve greatness, ladies and gentlemen, stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. You just have to go out and do it. Because most people want to stay in their little comfort zone, in their little corner of the world with their little blanket and their little pacifier and their little teddy bear and their little bubble wrap and let the world go by. Dare to dream. Dare to be great because we only go around once. And with that, I want to say thank you. I want to thank Derek Bourne for being here with us tonight. He will come back. This is your host, Yvonne Mason, and we are here at Off the Chain, and we will be back tomorrow night with yet another fun-filled hour of who knows what. So join us again tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Go and get Derek Bourne's book. No, he is not Jason Bourne's brother. He is not Jason Bourne's father, cousin, or uncle. So until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, this is Yvonne Mason saying good night. All right, we are now off the air, but I wanted to tell you that when we get off the, off the show, when we mm-hmm. shut the show down, it's going to go into archives. And once it archives, I'm going to put the link on my page, and I'm going to tag you in it. Okay. Take, take that link and put it all over your social network. Tomorrow... Wow. I put the show up on 
Spreaker and SoundCloud and Podcast.com and Podcast Garden and um, Reverb Nation, iHeartRadio. It'll go up on Spotify, YouTunes, iTunes, YouTube, and several other places. And when I put it up on um, SoundCloud, Spreaker, MixCloud, Podcast, and Podcast Garden, I will put those links on my page and tag you in it. Awesome. I, I didn't so, honestly. I didn't even know how far your reach was. Oh, it's I did. big. When you started into that beginning, it just blew me away. It, it yeah. When we started this show two years ago, last month, I would have been happy with five thousand listeners. In only two years. Mm-hmm. Wow, yep. that's phenomenal. But I know how to market. I know how to go out yeah, yeah. And, and put it on other podcasts and draw people in. And then by bringing the guests back, they get a following on this show. And every show yeah. goes up on those podcasts. So even if they don't listen on Blog Talk Radio, they're going to listen on one of those other podcasts. Mm-hmm. So you're no, going to be heard in you're going to be heard in places like Italy and Spain and Germany and Japan and Russia. Yes, Russia. We we get. <laughs> oh no. We do. Oh, no. Yeah. oh god! That's going to open up a whole can of worms there. That's going to be fun. <laughs> and, and Canada, we have a big listening base in Canada, Australia, yeah. Mexico, um, South America. Uh, let's see, Germany, France, Scotland, Ireland, all of Eastern Europe. The United States. I mean, we're everywhere. South Africa, um, Iran, yeah. Iraq, Israel, Jordan. Yeah, all kinds of. And I'm 157, so that works for me. I, that works for me too. So I'm going to <laughs> let you go, my friend, and and spend the rest of the evening with your lovely wife. And again, thank you so much. I enjoyed this hour. It went by way too fast. It did. No, I, I appreciate you having me on too. I was uh, I was wondering if you were going to ask me at any point to sing some Phantom of the Opera for you. <laughs> oh, that's next show. We have to next sing show? things. Yes, you have to sing. Do a little. Help me make the music of the night. Oh my! Listen to that voice. Now that you know what's going to happen, people that listen to the show and archives are going to get this part of the show. They're going to hear it before we do it live next time. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All uh, right, my darling. I will. I will get this much, to you. Hon. And thank you, honey. I had a blast. I did too. Talk to you later. Yeah. Take care. Good. Good night. Night.